0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for our she Counts podcast. SheCounts is a knowledge sharing and learning platform created to drive savings for low-income women. I'm Adia Shea, your host, and I'm the Executive Vice President at Women's World Banking, a 40-year-old global network of financial service providers. We've brought together institutions from around the world that are demonstrating best practices in driving savings for low-income women. Through this series you'll hear from the leaders of those institutions, you'll hear their personal stories, the work that they've been doing, and the learnings that they've extracted along the way. The hope is you'll find inspiration and learnings that you can apply in your journey to drive savings for low-income women. For this initiative we thank the ExxonMobil Foundation for their funding support. ExxonMobil are promoting women as a catalyst for economic development. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Ada Buruchuku, Head of Women Banking, and Sandra Ogu, Partnerships and Communications Manager at Access Bank in Nigeria. Good afternoon, Ada.
1: Good afternoon, Ade.
0: And good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon, Ade. You join us from Lagos. We're we're three months into the global lockdown. How are you working through this? How is it working for you? For me, I am working remotely.
2: And it's not been easy. We're still very careful. Everyone is still worried
1: because the numbers are increasing every day. But we're getting used to it. We're just trying to cope. Indeed, it's, be, it's been a roller coaster journey um, here in Nigeria. To think that the entire bank is having to work from home is almost uh, unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it's a new normal. I'm also working from home. So it's fantastic. So Ada has over 16 years of experience in Access Bank, of which seven of these have been spent with the women banking of Access Bank, which you've been heading for close to two years. She's also an IFC-trained gender specialist, and Ada was key in the transformation of the women's market program at Access Bank. So Ada, you've been at Access Bank for a while. What was it that made you want to get into banking And especially as a a lady banker, can you tell us about some of your experiences and how you've gotten to where you've gotten to?
1: That throws me back to over a decade ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're not asking about how old you are, we'll be quiet about that, but okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think one of the things that attracted me really to Access Bank was actually the clarity of vision at the time. So I had interviewed with different banks and you know, a day I'll tell you a story. In one of the banks, I asked the panel, what is the vision of this bank? And they couldn't answer. But in Access Bank, from the gatesman man to the CEO, they know what the vision of the bank is. So that attracted me, you know, to the bank. Um, so when I joined the bank, I was immediately attached to a mentor within the bank. She supported me in my career, supported me even in planning financially. And then as I moved from um, an officer to middle management, Things progressed in the bank and even things like providing free child care to staff. Six-month extended maternity leave for women was also put in place. And I'm proud to say that I was the first beneficiary of that in the bank by coincidence. Um, <laughs> so all of those support systems just ensure that our female staff do not drop off as is typical with other financial institutions, do not drop off at the middle management level, but just continue to grow and then can get more people to join the board at the top, even though the industry is male denominated, we measure productivity and value irrespective of gender. And there are support systems within the organization that ensure that you grow from where you are to the next level from our Access Women Network, um, our mentoring programs, our policies you know that were recently put in place.
0: That's great. You mentioned the Access Women Network. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: The Access Women Network. Its focus is to ensure that we attract, retain and develop female talents within the bank. And so from the hiring process to the nurturing process to the retention processes, it's all designed with the female staff in mind. We reckon that if we're going to retain our talent and if we say we want to get them into the C-suite and into the board, then we must ensure that they stay in their career. You know, statistics show that at the bottom, when talents are being employed, the gender distribution is almost at par. And then when you look at it at the middle management level, there's a disparity with fewer women. They've probably um, entered um, their childbearing age or have had to make difficult decisions for their families. They therefore think they have to sacrifice their career. So, what we create around that stage specifically is a retention process that ensures that they are attached to mentors who can support them through that phase, you know, and get them into senior management and above.
0: That's great, Ada. So Sandra, I understand that you've been at at Access Bank for almost four years now and won the Excellence in Women's Economic Empowerment Award in both 2017 and 2018. Is that right? I contributed to the team winning that award. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it was that made you want to join banking?
2: I started my career with Access Bank and joining banking was not just a coincidence for me. Um, I realized that Access Bank was aligned with my vision, really. I just fell in love with the bank immediately and decided to apply I joined the bank and I've been there for four years. I'm enjoying myself there and I've not had any issues whatsoever.
0: Oh, fantastic. It's, it's much easier to really achieve in work if you love the work that you're doing. Right. So Access Bank pioneered women's banking in Nigeria with the gender empowerment movement. That evolved into the W initiative, which was officially established in 2014. So Sandra... Can you give us a little bit of color of how the journey evolved?
2: So at Access Bank, our approach is three-pronged, and we serve women in the workplace, women in the community, and women in the marketplace. Initially in 2006, we realized we needed to serve women in the marketplace, and this is because we understood that women needed to grow beyond their frontiers. Women needed to move and become more like the face of the economy. And that was why we started the Gender Empowerment Program, GEM. Through the GEM, we conducted the research with the IFC and AC Nielsen to understand the women's macro space in 2006 and how we can better penetrate. So, after that, we partnered with IFC and were supported with $15 million in credit and advisory services to help women and women entrepreneurs in general. The results then were really compelling. We're able to provide um, loans for women in business to scale up their businesses, um, one of which is rough and Tumble. She makes children clothes and she has become a household name since then. We've expanded to our subsidiaries in Ghana, Rwanda, Zambia, Congo, and this year we're moving to Mozambique
0: and Sierra Leone. Well, that's amazing. I, I actually, because I, actually, I, I spent a few years... Uh, Living in Nigeria, I remember rough and tumbles. I I didn't realize that Access Bank and Jen was uh, behind the supporting rough and tumble coming to the market. That's great news. Super interesting. So Women's World Banking, we believe that savings accounts translate to a woman's ability to build as well as protect her assets. But there are significant barriers that women face to both access and usage of savings accounts. These barriers can come in many, many different forms. Some are logistical, while others are cultural or rooted in you know, limited awareness or literacy. So it's, you know, some of this work that you're doing on the non-financial side, I think, really talks to solving some of those problems, which I'm, I'm really impressed about. Ada, can you share with our audience what you see from your, your unique perspectives as the key barriers that women savers face in Nigeria?
1: In terms of key barriers that women face in Nigeria, first of all is trust. And I think that is very fundamental in the savings behavior of women. Um, if they fear that they will lose their monies or their monies will be deducted, et cetera, et cetera, you cannot get them to save. So trust is something that you have to gradually build with a woman and get her to just shift into saving through formal or informal structures within her community. The second one, which I think helps to build trust, is education. So education around the need to save. Once women begin to see the benefits of savings and influencers or women around them or their peers begin to share success stories about savings, then they begin to um, also shift towards savings. Then lastly, accessibility. Accessibility in terms of how do they get their monies saved. What we find is, as opposed to bringing them to meet us where we are, um, we're having to design to be able to meet them where they are. In their own communities, um, what we do is to point them to agents or work with the savings groups that they already trust to ease them into the formal financial system.
0: Right. So you talk about trust, education, and accessibility, and what sort of examples can you give that sort of starts to solve the trust and education challenges?
1: In terms of trust, one of the things that we have done is to focus on training our staff to be gender aware, to reduce unconscious gender biases. So we have gender awareness trainings from time to time that help our sales force understand how to sell to a woman in a way that builds trust. So you really need to be patient in explaining to her. You really need to be patient in explaining how the product works as well as what they will benefit from using that product. And then also, more importantly, tying it to the things that are important to her. You're speaking to her to say, if you save, you'll be able to afford your children's school fees. You can contribute to the household, put some money aside in case there are any family emergencies. Once you begin to tie it to what is important to the woman, then it begins to make sense to her. So training on the supply side is very, very important. The second thing that we have also done to address trust is communicating to the women in a way that they understand. We drop the jargons and the banking lingos and communicate to them through ecosystems. So we work with women-focused associations. We work with faith-based organizations. And they invite us for, for financial literacy programs. And then we go there and deliver the trainings to them. So delivering through those channels helps them be more open to what you're saying because they trust that platform already. So we just find trusted partners, trusted channels to communicate the the information to them. So when you use appropriate messaging and channels like
2: adapting communication in local languages, a lot of women would most likely try to save more when they realize that someone has saved before and has done something good from it. So um, we try to adapt it. And our campaigns and placing our messages around our environment, we've been able to sustain our drive to get more women to stay through these avenue. We also try to localize our communications to the women so that the communication is easier for them to understand.
0: You're really making the effort to go to where the women are and be where the women are in order to you know, overcome those barriers. That's really interesting. Okay, Ada. Ada. You've been able to support customers with savings. How do you see the fact that some of your customers have been able to build savings over time? How has that worked for them at this particular moment in time when when life is, is not as it was before and is, is a little bit more difficult?
1: So in terms of um, how savings has helped um, women, especially women in business, we've had a lot of um, cases or examples where women have either been able to pivot from their existing business to another or... They have been able to service their loans with the bank, or they have also been able to help um, with family needs. So in terms of, um, for instance, servicing their loans with the banks, one of the things that we do for women is when we lend them money, we encourage them to save a certain percentage, which we call a debt reserve account. So they instantly began to see the advantage and the benefits of setting some money aside for uncertain times such as this. Then in terms of pivoting, because of the new requirements around doing business within this period, for a lot of women, I know someone in particular who is into healthy foods. Uh, She has her account with Access Bank, so she maintains it as a savings account. Mm -hmm. Typically, when people order food from her, she would deliver using her own bikes. But there was then a new requirement that needed business owners to re-register with the government and pay some taxes for them to be able to run that delivery chain. And then what she then did at that moment was to call and say, look, I need to access the savings that I have with Access Bank. So she was able to dip into that savings and quickly meet those needs. And then we also have one of our graduates from the Women Pioneer Petrton who is into the hair business. The lady owns two salons in Lagos. As the lockdown eased, to be able to operate your business, you needed to meet certain requirements that had been stipulated by the government. So for instance, you had to have personal protective equipment for your staff, you needed to have sanitizing locations within your business area and all of that. If she did not have that fund, it may have been difficult for her to quickly meet those needs. That is fantastic, Ada.
0: So Sandra, can you tell me a little bit about the customer value proposition and some of the products, both financial and non-financial?
2: So our value propositions, once again, are three-pronged. So we give women access to finance, we give women access to capacity building and networking programs, and we also give them access to market. So you can say the access to finance fall under the financial value proposition our capacity building and access to market are non-financial so as access to finance one thing we focus
1: on is ensuring that women have access to discounted financing so for instance we have something that we call the W power loan which is specifically designed for women it's at a discounted interest rate as pricing is one of the barriers to accessing finance for women it also allows us to accept flexible collateral different from the traditional collateral requirements for women. So we can take guarantors who just sign up for these women and then they're able to borrow from the bank. We have also created, and this is something that we created working with the Women's World Banking, a cash flow lending methodology. So women can borrow based on their cash flow. In that case, they do not need any collateral. And that offering has now been digitized to make it even easier for the women in business to borrow. Since we launched in
2: 2018, we've been able to support women businesses with a total of about 44 million dollars, that's 17 billion naira in local currency. And for our maternal health service support, where we support women to grow their families, improve their health through discounted IVF financing and other specialized procedures, we've been able to birth over 70 babies from discounted product for women. So we give women access to financial products to become better versions of themselves. Under our non-financial services, we provide capacity building and networking programs for women. During COVID, we decided to transform our sessions to virtual sessions from face-to-face sessions. And so far, we've had series of webinars with women for women in business and women professionals. Also, for our access to market proposition, we expose women to new markets through our online platforms on the web, Instagram, and Facebook. So that is through the W community that we created for women. We have over 150,000 followers on these platforms, and we give women the opportunity to showcase their businesses through discounted partnerships, adverts, and the likes. We also created a virtual WhatsApp platform for alumni of our programs to build relationships and promote partnerships amongst businesses. And we found out that a lot of them have grown beyond the platform, met face-to-face, transacted amongst themselves. So we're glad to have been able to provide access to market for these women at little or no cost.
0: That's great. I, I especially like the story of the way you've bundled a savings product with a credit product. That's a great example of the sorts of things we're seeing in SheCounts. So, Talking a little bit more about She Counts, which is a global knowledge sharing platform where peers share and learn from one another. We have financial service providers, fintechs, MFIs, MGOs, all, all as part of this platform. So Ada, you first, what do you think the SheCounts members can learn from Access Bank in terms of how you're making savings work for women?
1: Okay, so I think one of the things they can learn is that savings is a behavior that we should encourage women to adopt. Women are natural savers. But what happens is that because of immediate needs, they do not prioritize savings. Every interaction with a woman, you can remind her to save. And how do you do that? You need to bundle it with some of the other services that you're already offering. What we do is, as you have borrowed from the bank and you're servicing uh, your loan with the bank, we ask you to also open a savings account and put a certain percentage aside so that you then get into that culture of savings. If you, if, if, your cash flow allows, you can almost save the same amount that you're repaying. And then you find that at the end of the loan period, the businesses then realize that they have saved almost as much as they borrowed. So that immediately provides them you know, a sense of fulfillment so that paradigm shift of save before you spend is something that we promote as well in our financial literacy programs so one of the one of the campaigns that we ran during the lockdown in the month of May was what we call the Diamond Extra campaign specifically for women in some of the communications we said earn more rewards from home the women were able to open a savings account digitally and then they were able to save through our agents within their location. And then at the end of the campaign period, which was one month, we had um, some women who won um, allowances of a hundred thousand naira each for 12 months. And then we also had some women who won instant gifts of a hundred thousand naira one time prize. And then we celebrated those women. So we find that when you share such stories, um, women are more encouraged to save. The benefits resonates better with them. So for saving, for
2: example, our Diamond Extra saving, we realized that a lot of people may not be able to go to the branch to open an account. And we introduced a virtual way to save through our USSD code. So once the customer dials that code, she can open the account and she can go to her agent who lives just a few meters away to make the deposit into that account and she starts to save.
1: So we've been able to digitize our savings And it has worked very well for women. During the lockdown period, we were deliberate and intentional about getting women agents in the communities to sign up because these are women who are selling and doing their own businesses. They do qualify as agents, but may not have realized that this is an additional stream of income that they can key into. And then when the um, lockdown began to ease, at branches that we had not opened yet, the security men had flyers that were redirecting customers to our agents Within the perimeter of that location, for a lot of them were able to increase percentage of female agents from twenty five to twenty eight percent. So that what we did in that period moved the dial and we saw that there was some progress that was made.
0: I mean that's amazing. there's so much there that other Counts members and other network members and just other financial institutions can learn from Access Bank in terms of things that have been you know really successful specifically being able to measure a movement over such a short period in the number of women agents that you've got, the the benefits of sharing examples, some of the phrases around saving before you spend, the commitment savings that you're putting out there, all of that is great stuff that you can learn from. What would you say would be some of the things that didn't go so well, but equally would be valuable learnings?
1: One of the things that didn't go so well was when we started the digital account opening for savings accounts. Initially, we hadn't designed how monies were going to get into the account. We had assumed that for the women who opened their accounts, they probably have an account somewhere else and then they'll just transfer into the zone. But that was not the case. For some businesses, they were making cash transactions and needed to be able to bank those monies in the accounts that they opened. So that quickly brought to fore the need to drive the activities within our agency network. And which is why I spoke to designing with the woman in mind. Another thing that we did, was um, to get women to be able to access funds. This is related to access to finance just before the lockdown. Because one of the challenges that we noticed that women were facing is the lockdown was going to happen suddenly, but funds hadn't come in at the time. So we had a payday loan campaign and we said to women, you can take a loan and repay when you get some funds at the end of the month. The message we sent out was 2% cash back on your loan. We did not see the traction that we desired. Um, we then tweaked it to say, get a 50% reduction on your interest rates and stock up before the lockdown. And we just saw the activity shoot up. They could relate it to lockdown, they could relate it to stocking up, and 50% reduction in interest rates was more relatable. So we found that messaging is really key. How you communicate what you have designed for women can either make or mar the success of that program.
0: Mm, that is super interesting. So, Sandra, I'm gonna flip across to you and Ada's just given some amazing examples of what SheCount's cohort members can learn from Access. What would you say, what does Access Bank want to learn from other SheCount cohort members?
2: Someone said, no matter who you are, most of the smartest people work for someone else. So I believe that there are a lot of information that we don't have. We look forward to learning better practices from other, she Counts cohort members, especially around developing more tailored offerings for female low-income earners to encourage them to save more. And we're open to suggestions on how best to serve these women and encourage them to save more, especially digitally, since we are trying to adapt to the new normal. Oh,
0: great. Super interesting. All right, so we spent a lot of time looking at the past all the way back to the beginning of the W proposition and the GEM program, the past, looking about how the last three months of this health um, pandemic. Let's now look a little bit into the future. And Sandra, sticking with you, I think I read somewhere that Access Bank is positioning itself to be the number one bank of choice for women in Nigeria. What does that actually mean? So, of course, um, we are positioning
2: ourselves to be the number one bank of choice for women in Africa. If you look at our pedigree, we have over a decade and a half of experience in ensuring women are constantly inspired, connected, and empowered through our GEM program and also the W Initiative. And we are working strategically to ensure the needs of every woman is met. Also, being the number one bank of choice for women means we would have to bank one in every two Nigerian women. Currently, we bank one in
0: three Nigerian women. That's some, some really um, ambitious goals, but you, you can see how with the things that Access Bank has done and is doing, you can see how these goals are, are achievable. Um, a few years ago, I think it was 2014, CEO and MD of Access Bank, uh, Herbert Wigwe, he gave a speech where he said, I'm quoting here, but 30% is not enough. And he was referring to women-owned businesses. What's the aspiration of Access Bank for women-owned businesses? And where is the bank going with women banking?
1: That statistics was saying that only 30% of the funding gap um, has been met within sub-Saharan Africa. Incidentally, the 30% also cascades into how our business Is distributed. So within the bank now, the contribution of women to our portfolio is between 30 and 35%. And so there's a dissatisfaction around that because 50% of the global population is constituted by women. Hence, our continuous push to ensure that we design gender smart solutions to ensure that we move that needle from the range of 30 to 35% to 50%. Because only then, will we truly, truly reflect uh, that there's equality in some of the things that we do? So for um, women in business, we're very intentional about lending. It's a metric that is looked at by our executive management every week at the Exco meetings to say how much more women have we lent to in the last week.
0: So, I mean, look, time, time really flies when you're having a great conversation, um, I, I will we'll start towards closing, but before we close, I will ask each of you one final question. If you had one piece of advice on how to make savings work for women, what would that advice be?
1: What I would say is um, how to make savings work for women is to make the elements of savings actually work for women. So how does she get the money into the account How does she open the account and how does she get money out of the account? So in designing any product or offering for women, we must think about them. We must think about their constraints. If you're really going to make savings work for women, then the elements of that offering has to work for them.
0: Yeah, that makes a great deal of sense. And Sandra, yourself, one piece of advice.
2: Um, I would say that we need to step back a bit to understand that every woman is different. We need to listen to the woman, we need to plan with her and grow with her to actualize our financial goals.
0: And what a great way to uh, round off the conversation. Uh, thank you both so much, ada Sandra, for spending the afternoon with us. We're in a new normal, we're, we're working from home rather than working from offices. So I do appreciate you sharing so freely of your time at home with us, sharing your insights, sharing your experience and giving us a really good view of what Access Bank and particularly the W proposition and the women's team within Access Bank is doing. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the She Counts podcast. Our team includes Hill Laxen, Freya Ishan and our producer Jessica Bodiford. If you want to know more, please visit our website at womensworldbanking.org. Let us know what you took away from this episode by commenting on iTunes or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Join us for the next episode and together, let us make savings work for women because she counts.